Welcome back to the Success Road Podcast. My name is Joshua Rivers, your host, and this is the podcast that helps you realize that success is not a destination, it's a journey that we are on day by day, making improvements and drawing closer to the level that we want to be and reaching to the next one all the time. Today, we have an interview with Kent Sanders, and we're going to talk about his new book, Artist Suitcase. And if you were a follower of the Quality Living Made Simple podcast, you will probably remember Kent Sanders from before. He had a podcast called Artist Suitcase. And so this is a book not directly related to that, but I mean, the concepts are the same as far as him trying to have a resource for people that do creative work. And so it's a a privilege for me to be able to talk to him today and to be able to share his book. You can get the show notes by going to joshuarivers.net slash 015. And I know I mentioned that this was that the next several episodes were going to be things that were from the archive, uh, but this one is not. And so um, I had forgotten that this one was scheduled for this week. And so, but after this one, there will be a couple that are from the archives. And so definitely stay tuned to those, but go ahead and listen to the interview today. And I know that you will definitely enjoy it. And we will come back at the end to remind you where you can be able to get the notes. All right, Kent, it's so good to be able to talk with you again and uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much, Joshua. I appreciate you having me on. Very glad to be back. Yeah, and so uh, you were back on the show when we were um, not the uh, success road, but back with Quality Living Made Simple, and you were actually on twice sharing a couple different things, and so I'll try to have links in the show notes to those previous episodes in case anyone would like to go back and uh, get some of those insights um, back in the time capsule, if you will. And so, uh, And so, but we have you on today because you are releasing a book uh called the artist suitcase 26 essentials for the creative journey and i was excited when uh you mentioned that and um asked if i'd like to uh join in the launch and so i've definitely been excited to be able to go through and um read it and uh help you be able to push this forward and so i definitely think this is very applicable for um people that are um not just artists per se, which we can uh, cover that here in a second, but I mean, people that are uh, doing any kind of creative work, um, which involves a lot of people actually. Um, And so why don't you go ahead and just start by uh, what is an artist in your opinion? Well, that's one of the things that I try to address in the book is that I think we misunderstand the word artist sometimes. And I look at it this way. Maybe, maybe that's not correct to say that we misunderstand it, but I think we, we think of what an artist is in a very sort of narrow sense. You know, we'll look at people who maybe uh, do painting or sculpt, sculpture, uh, writing, dance, photography, video editing. We look at the creative arts and we think those people are artists. But then, you know, what if you're somebody who, who doesn't do those things? What if you're, say, a homemaker and you don't feel like you're a particularly creative person? Maybe you're not a musician or you don't write. You know, is that person artistic? What about the guy? down at the uh, the auto garage who who's really really good at what he does repairing cars building engines um you know maybe auto detailing is that guy artistic is he an artist 
And I think the answer is absolutely yes, because you can you can define an artist in a very narrow way, meaning people who do you know creative arts, but then I really look at at art in a broader sense as well. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry for clearing my throat. I look at in a sense of where everybody has creative gifts, everybody is artistic. It just depends on how you express that art. You know, um, I think of somebody like my dad, who is not really a musician. He doesn't really write. You know, he doesn't really paint. He doesn't do any of the kind of things that we would consider creative arts. Yet he is a phenomenal woodworker. He's a he's an awesome gardener. He's a great storyteller. You know, and he's absolutely an artist. But he probably doesn't think of himself that way because of the narrow way that we define what an artist is. So I guess the the short answer is there's two ways of really looking at it. There's art in the narrow sense, and then there's artist in a broad sense. And in the book, I deal with both of those things, but I tend to really lean toward the artist in a very broad sense. So even though it's titled The Artist's Suitcase, you know, really the subtitle gets to the heart of it more, which is talking about the creative journey, which we're all on. We're all on a journey of creativity in our lives because creativity isn't just about, you know, Plato and, and light brights and and you know stuff that we think finger painting things that are creative it's it's just your life and how how your life is creative and expressing that creativity through your particular set of passions and gifts whatever those might be so that's how I would think about it I guess now in the book you um, go through twenty six I mean that that comes from the uh, each letter in the alphabet and so you state that. The alphabet is the backbone of our language, and um, as such, these um, sixteen or twenty-six, excuse me, twenty-six essentials um, are basically the backbone, if you will, of uh, the creative journey. And so, these things that are uh, are, are really um, not just helpful, but almost, uh, well, as you say, essential for um, being able to go through the creative journey. And so. We're not going to cover all 26. There's definitely uh, not enough time uh, <laughs> right. for that. And so that would uh, definitely be very time intensive for this podcast. Um, but uh, I did want to kind of zero in a couple of them that I think are um, maybe a little bit more important um, that, that would be applicable to what we're looking at. And so I'm going to save the first one for last. Um and so maybe that biblical thing, the first shall be last and last shall be first. Um, but anyway, <laughs> right. but anyway um, and so there, there's the one that you talk about, W is for we. Um, can you dive into that a little bit more for us? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I keep clearing my throat here. Yeah, in the W for we chapter, I talk about the need for community in our lives and how creative people are, I think, by nature sort of loners because so much of creative work is done by ourselves. You know, you think of something like writing. For instance, I'm at, at heart, I'm a writer and a musician. And a lot of times those things are done sort of by yourself. But in the book, I talk about how important that is for us to have creative community and particularly ways that you can find that. You know, I think all of us long for ways that we can that we can touch base with others and interact with them and make art with them and, and do creative work with them. But sometimes it's frustrating because we feel like, man, where can I find those people? You know, you look around at life and you, you see the people that you work with or, or friends that you have. And, and you think, man, I'm just not connecting with a lot of, the, a lot of these people on a creative type level. But in that chapter, I talk about several places you can, you can connect with people, you know, perhaps at church, you can join a mastermind group or start one. 
you can uh, participate in Facebook groups, which for me have been transformational in many ways, you know, and that probably sounds kind of superficial because people think, oh, that's, that's a Facebook group. That's like online stuff or whatever, but, but honestly it is, you know, and um, Facebook groups, online groups can be really important because you're, you're communicating with people who have like interests and passions as you do. So you're just kind of connecting with them on a very deep level, which is, uh, which is awesome. And there's other places you can find, uh, you know, people in your creative community as well. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of effort and digging. But I do think that is, is really, really important to find people who share your passions, who can build into your life, people whose, li- whose lives you can speak into. And, and, you know, really just bring into reality what the Bible talks about, how, how people sharpen each other. And, um, you know, just like we're talking, Joshua, you know, you and I, we've been friends for several years. And every time I talk to you, I learn something from that. And maybe you take some things away from me. And, you know, all of us have a multitude of friends that that we have those relationships with. So, yeah, I think the we is very, very important. This is not a solo adventure by any stretch. We really need people. Even if you're a melancholy, analytical type of person like I am, you know, and, and I sort of get my strength from being alone. And being around a lot of people for an extended period of time sort of sucks my mental energy. You know, we still need people. And um, people make us better. Absolutely. So, so yeah, in, in the book, I do talk about that. And I think that is a, an important part of our creative journey. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I, I would identify uh, with that as well, being more um, introverted um, and wanting to be more alone myself. And so um, I definitely feel more energized um, generally. There, there's occasional times, I guess, when um, I get maybe a little energized from being in groups, but usually the time has to be limited um, with that. And so, right. Right. um, But another thing, as we were kind of talking about before we started recording um, is the importance of schedules and managing time. And you cover that in one of the chapters as well. Can you kind of talk about what, what, what you feel about that aspect? Yeah. You know, time is such a, such a key it's a key resource. In fact, I think it's it's one of the most important resources that we have because a lot of other things that are resources like money or physical things, um, you can get more of those. You know, if you if you lose money or if money gets stolen or if you lose money on an investment or something, you can always make more money. You know, money is a resource you can get more of. It may not be easy. It may take longer than we think, but and we may not ever feel like we have enough of it, but it is something you can get more of pretty easily, honestly, in Western culture. But time is a, is a finite resource. You don't get more of it. And the thing about it is you don't know how much you're going to have. So in that sense, it makes it much more of an urgent process to use it wisely because none of us knows how much time we really have left on Earth. I mean, I mean, we could, we could die tomorrow. You know, that, that's a possibility. And so that means the time that we have today really is urgently important. And it, it kind of to use an old-fashioned word, you know, in the that we used in church long ago, it really behooves us, or means it's really, really important that we use it wisely. So, so yeah, in the book, I talk about some ways to use your time more effectively, and um, and how to how to make the most of it. And one of the most important ways, I think, is to it's not just a matter of using the time that you feel you have well. It's also a matter of creating more of it in the sense of stop 
stopping doing of stopping the things that we're doing that are not contributing to our purpose in life or contributing to our passion. And man, I talked to so many people, especially people who are involved in church stuff. And it's not just, not just church people by any stretch, but because my, the people that I'm around more than anything else, uh, tends to be people who are involved in ministry stuff, um, church activities, you know, Christian Bible type of things. And a lot of those people are way over committed to things that they're doing. It doesn't necessarily mean at church, but you know, in the faith community, a lot of people sort of are driven by this guilt of that they're never quite doing enough. They're never they're never pushing hard enough. We've got to accomplish more. That that's kind of a Western mindset thing, but I think also it's a there is that mindset at times in uh, among Christian people too that we've got to be doing more and more and more and more all the time. And part of my mission, honestly, is to help people um, to evaluate their commitments and evaluate their time and to give them sort of permission to say, you know, it's really okay if I'm not stressed out all the time or if I'm not overcommitted to 15 things um, or 15 responsibilities in my life. You know, that's been a journey of mine the past two or three years is really taking a step back in life and looking at my stress level and saying, you know, why, why do I need to be involved in all this stuff? You know, and why am I afraid to to have the courage to say no to someone? And why do I keep overcommitting in my life? And man, it has been it's been such a, a long journey with that process, but it's been so transformational in my life. Having you know, finally building up the courage to to say no to people when I need to, and and to step out of commitments that I didn't really need to be in in the first place. And that's a hard thing. And you just don't want to give somebody a flippant answer about, well, should I do this or should I not do this? You know, I don't know. I think everybody has to decide that for themselves, but, but I do know that most of us tend to overcommit to things. And part of the process of releasing your creative potential is it's not just doing more stuff. It's, it's stopping some of the things that we're already doing so that we do have time to rest. We do have time to, to work on our creative gifts and the things that we want to bless the world with, you know, and hopefully that makes sense. But I just, I just see so many people living their lives out of guilt rather than out of joy or real purpose. So and if I could just like do one thing in my life, it would be to give people permission to to say no to commitments and, and try to evaluate their time use, you know, because I think that that's such a hindrance to so many people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, what is your uh, well, I know what that is, but um, but, but you talk about this, um, this next concept um, in J um, where somebody might say referring to themselves especially they might say well i'm just an artist or i'm right, right. or i'm just whatever and so can you kind of explain that a little bit more yeah you know and to be really honest with you i've never actually um it just occurred to me as you asked me this question i was trying to think where did this really come from sort of in my life this whole idea of not thinking yourself as just an artist or just a creative person and it just now dawned on me that some of this comes out of my ministry background and I don't want anybody to get the impression I'm trying to like bash church or ministry stuff, which is not the case at all. I love pastors. I love, I love the church. Um, I was a full-time pastor for uh, about eight years. Uh, you know, I'm an ordained minister. I've done tons of weddings, funerals, you know, all that stuff. My background is in worship ministry and preaching. So I love pastors and I have a huge heart for church leaders because they have to deal with a level of stress that most of us don't really understand, you know, honestly. My brother's a full-time pastor, so I, I love church leaders. 
but uh, but I have seen this tendency in in church circles to sort of ele- elevate certain gifts above other gifts. For instance, we really elevate uh, the gift of leadership or the topic of leadership. You know, we really kind of push that up to the top and, you know, whereas leadership is much more important than anything else. And obviously leadership is important. We elevate the gifts of preaching and, um, you know, public speaking. We tend to elevate the gifts of worship leading and music above a lot of other things. And I, I say that as a person who, who's very, very involved in worship stuff in the church. I mean, that's, that's what I teach in my job. So it's not as if I have any sort of ax to grind at all because I love worship leaders. I love creative people in the church. That being said, though, I think we do maybe get this out of whack a little bit sometimes because, you know, what if, what if there's someone who, uh, we'll just take painting, you know, as an easy example. What if there's someone who has a real gift of, of drawing and painting and visual arts you know, why is it that sometimes in the faith community we tend to to sort of put that way down on the list of important gifts? You know, as if that's something that is, is not really that important. It's just kind of, it's nice, it's art, but it doesn't really contribute anything major. That's the way sometimes that we think of it. We wouldn't say that out loud. But sometimes that's how we think of, of different types of gifting in the church. And what I'm talking about in the book when I talk about J is for just is our tendency to say, well, I'm just an artist or I'm, I'm just a writer or I'm just this or that. I'm just a musician. And I don't think that's true at all because, you know, it, it's not a matter of this gift is important and this gift isn't. They're all important. But if you look at a lot of the great cultural movements in the history of the world, particularly let's just say in, in recent American history, man, so, so much change has been brought about by artists. You know, think of the Beatles and how their artistic gifts, I mean, it changed music forever. I mean, you think of people like George Lucas, a filmmaker, you know, who who was obviously a very, very creative person. Maybe not, he wouldn't say, hey, I'm a leader or I'm like a communicator, but, you know, but a writer and obviously a wonderful storyteller. And my goodness, I mean, he definitely has brought about a lot of change through, you know, Star Wars and many other things. So, and I give a lot of other examples in the book, but the point is that you're never just a creative person because, you know, creative people change the world every day. And um, I don't think we should ever sort of diminish our gifting. You know, God has given us that gifting for a reason. And it's it's up to us to figure out how to use it and to develop those gifts and to cultivate those those seeds within us. And, you know, ultimately we shouldn't worry about what other people are doing anyway. So, you know, if if somebody else says, hey, this person over here, their gift is more important than yours. Well, who really cares? You know, we can't do anything about that person. We can only cultivate our gifts. So, you know, and of course, the, the topic of jealousy, that's a whole other um, subject in <laughs> itself. And I I probably should have included that in the book. But I actually, I'm, I'm trying to think what my next book is going to be about. And um, I think the topic of jealousy is such a deep issue that's rooted with all, within all of us that I, I want to write about that, but I just haven't yet. So maybe that's for a future episode or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've uh, I found myself kind of in that same category of uh, I remember back when I was an assistant pastor and I, I would hang around other pastors and things like that. And I would just kind of I, I don't know if I ever said it out loud, but kind of to myself and say, well, I I don't know if I really need to converse, have a whole lot of conversations with these guys, because I mean, I mean, they're they're these these great pastors and I'm just an assistant pastor. 
Um, right, right. So I would say that about myself in that context, and um, I'm not an assistant pastor right now. So, so I'm I, I'm not actually working for the church, and so I'm just this. And 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 yeah, I mean that that, that really is limiting in what God wants you to do. And so it's it's not in the title or or whatever. And um, all of those things are definitely very important. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you. And that's, that's probably a whole nother discussion for another day. Just the idea of, you know, how we, we, we tend to think if I don't have this title or that role or, or this piece of paper that, that somehow gives me validation that I'm not a real person or I'm not really a leader or I'm not really an important person, you know? So, and boy, that's the same thing in the academic community too, probably even worse, honestly, where hmm. we rely on these external things to give us validation as a person whether it's this degree or this title or, and I see it sometimes, you know, even in my own setting at a Bible college where, you know, this, this certain degree has more validation than this other degree program, you know, because of what you're trying, what you're being trained to do or whatever. And it's, I think that's just human nature. Every community has that type of thing where we tend to place more value on some type of things and other things. And I think we just want to feel valuable as people. And maybe we, we sort of, integrate that tendency into some of our, our educational and church systems, probably. So I'm kind of getting way off track, but um, all this stuff, <laughs> it really kind of ties together in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as, as we sit down or maybe we're standing to create something and we have to start somewhere. And a lot of times that starts with the letter B. Can you uh, dive into that for us? Yeah, in the book, um, the B stands for blank page. And what I'm talking about there is the idea that whenever you create something, now, when I talk about creating something, I'm not talking about I'm creating like a painting necessarily or something, although that's included. I mean to create anything. Now, this could be, it could be a sermon or a lesson, you know, speaking from like a ministry point of view. It could be music. It could be um, a blog post or a book. Anything that you're working on or creating, you know, creativity takes many, many different shapes. But anytime that we do that, we face what I just call the blank page. Now, the page could be, you know, a canvas, it could be a computer, it could be whatever, whatever medium that you use to create, whatever that might be. If it's woodworking, you know, you're in your garage or your shop. I do a little bit of that kind of stuff. I'm not very good at it. But, um, but whatever your medium is, you're facing this canvas, if you will. And behind that canvas, there are two forces or two creatures, you might say. One is what I call the monster, which is this sort of force that, that wants to tell you that your work stinks, that it's not any good, that you don't have any business trying to be creative. You know, who do you think you are trying to do something valuable or creative? You know, don't you know this is, this is not going to be any good? It stinks. You should just give up. It's that kind of voice within us. Then there's this other voice called the muse. And, of course, the muse is sort of this literary concept that takes different shapes and forms depending on, you know, and what, what the context that you're reading in it is. But the basic idea is that the muse is this, this creature that, that's whispering beautiful things to us. It's whispering helpful things and encouraging things like, hey, you were meant to do this. This is something you were born to do. This is going to bless a lot of people. You're gifted to do this. This is fun. This is enjoyable. This is this is what you need to be doing because it fits with your gifts and your passions. 
And I think anytime that we sit down to create something, you have those two kind of forces really duking it out inside of your heart and your mind. You have the one voice that is saying, this stinks, this is awful. Then you have another voice telling you this is great. And the idea is, whichever one of those voices that you feed them more is the one that's going to be dominant. This is the, this is the old idea of you know two dogs in a fight, and whichever one that you feed is going to be the one that, that wins. Whichever one you starve is going to be the one that that is destroyed. And it's like that within our creativity as well. Whatever voice you're feeding is going to be the one that grows, and whichever one you're starving is going to be the one that is not as influential in our minds. So the so the basic idea is, is you know, feed feed your mind beautiful things, feed your mind encouragement, feed your mind positivity. And the way that you do that is you read good books, you hang around successful people, you do things that are helping you to be a healthy person. Um, you know, those kinds of things that are just helping us rather than hindering us. And we've all heard it said that that we are kind of the sum of the five people that we hang around with the most. You know, that's kind of a common idea that's out there. And I think that's really true. If you're constantly hanging around negative people who don't have a vision, who are just wanting to cut other people down, or, you know, they're the same as they were five years ago, they haven't really changed, then you're probably going to reflect that too. So that's why I go back you know, in the book, we talk about W is for we. That's why the we is so important because the people that we open ourselves up to who are influencing us, the, the books that we're reading, that's going to be the thing that, that helps that muse within us to be more creative and for us to create out of a place of positivity and of joy and of energy rather than constantly fighting this negativity within us and this voice that says, you don't have any business doing this. Who do you, who do you think you are, you know? So that's kind of, and I don't, I don't want to like get all mystical about it because it's not that at all, but, but all of us, whenever we make something, or whenever we're trying to do something creative, we, we constantly have those voices within us. And man, I battle those terribly sometimes. It's almost like a daily thing. And I don't think you ever totally kill the monster, but I do think that you can starve it to where it has much less influence on your life. Absolutely true. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Now the... The last thing, which is the first thing um, that, that I wanted to come to is the one that starts with A, A for attitude. Uh, I, I, I definitely think that this is a, a very big thing for um, anyone in whatever work that you're doing, um, but especially as we're looking at the creative work. Uh, can, can you tell us why you think the attitude uh, that a person has is so critical? Oh, totally, because your attitude determines everything else. Honestly, it's like you know, it's like the rudder of a ship that determines which way you're going to go. And I look at it like this. You can have all the gifts in the world. You can have all the friends in the world who are successful or influential. But if your attitude stinks, then you have nothing. On the other hand, you can have you know, very few resources. You can start from nowhere. But if you have a, a very positive can-do attitude, you can accomplish anything, basically. So really, the attitude is, is the only thing that I think really, really, when it comes down to it, that is, that is what you have to have. Almost everything else is negotiable, and you can get almost anything else. You, know, you, can, you can seek out people who can be friends. You can seek out a mastermind group. You can seek out ways to make more money. You can seek out resources. But Nobody can change your attitude. That is your individual choice. Nobody can change it for you, 
but also nobody can, you know, that's a good thing and a bad thing because you have the power to change it. You know, the flip side of that is that nobody can change it for you. It has to be a conscious decision. So, so I think there are three, three important things that we can do to maintain a positive attitude as a creative person. One, I just call it the three G approach. I know that sounds really corny, but it's all I could come up with. So it is what it is. You know, (laughs) I'm a teacher by trade. So I'm always trying to think of ways to make something memorable or to be like a hook in people's minds. So the first thing is to grin is just to smile and pretend that you have a good attitude because, you know, your actions determine your feelings. A lot of us live the other way around. We say, oh, I don't feel good or I don't, I feel kind of sad or depressed or I, I don't feel like I have a good attitude. And we let our emotions run our whole lives, which is very dangerous. So what I have found is that if I act like I'm in a good mood, even if I'm not, then pretty soon my feelings catch up to my actions. So, so number one is just to grin, just act as if you're in a good mood and then your emotions will fall in line with that. Number two is gratitude and just expressing to God and to other people how you're thankful for them, how you're thankful for your blessings in life. You know, writing notes to people falls under that category. It's just remembering the blessings that you have because we so often focus on what we lack. When you focus on what you have and being thankful for that, it really changes your whole perspective. Then the third thing is to give, which is just being generous. Not even just with like our money, although that's part of it, I think. It's being generous with your praise and being generous with compliments and encouragement. And it it is so simple. And something that I really try to do is I try to be generous with making people feel good on social media. So, you know, I retweet a lot of people's stuff on Twitter. Just I just try to be generous with that. It doesn't cost a thing. It takes very little time and effort to do it. But if I see something good, I I just want to retweet that or or share it on social media. That's a way to be generous, you know. I try to, uh, I'm not always successful with this, but I try to wish people a happy birthday on Facebook. You know, when I think of it and when I see that it's their birthday today, I don't always do it, but I try to do it as much as I can. That's just a way to to be generous by encouraging others. Um, I try to be positive on Facebook and to make helpful comments and to lift up other people. It's just... It's just a way to to practice generosity. You know, it doesn't cost anything. So, I don't know. I think it all just comes comes down honestly to our attitude and and choosing to have the right kind of attitude, choosing to be generous, choosing to be an encourager, choosing to be positive. You know, it's all just a choice. You know, the the future is not determined, you determine your own future. And I think it's the future is whatever you want to make it to be. So, for that reason I choose to be positive. I choose to to be, uh, I, I try to be a generous person as much as I can. And, um, it's just more fun to live that way. I just have a lot more fun than being negative and constantly wanting to point at other people's faults. You know, I don't always succeed at that, but I, I try as best I can. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to, uh, be able to talk about just, uh, let's see, was it five, uh, of the 26, uh, things in the book and so yeah definitely we don't have time to be able to dive <laughs> yeah, that would to take the a rest. while and so that would take a while and so um the the book um can be available on amazon um is there anywhere else that people can be able to get this or is that well, the best place that's gonna be the best place it's gonna be in amazon it launches august the 4th uh 2015 and so there will be an ebook 
version available. That'll be on sale during launch week for, I think, two ninety nine. I'm not totally sure. Don't quote me on that. Well, I guess I guess it is quoting me because it's on a podcast. But I think two ninety nine will be the price. Um, if it is a different price, uh, if it's higher than that during launch week, and anyone is listening to this, they can shoot me an email and I will refund them their money. Um, you know, if it's higher than that, I'll I'll pay them back the difference personally if that's the case. Um, there also will be an audiobook available. I'm going to try and make that available at the same day, but I haven't done an audiobook before, so I'm I'm still kind of working my way through this process. But that will be there. Um, also, a print version, so I'm doing all three at the same time, which uh, may be maybe kind of crazy to attempt to do this this all at the same time. But I think it's important to have it in those three forms. Yeah, on Amazon, so um, they can go to. Uh, actually kentsanders.net slash Amazon and that'll take them to the Amazon sales page for the book. Excellent. Well, thank you again for uh, taking the time with us. Is there anything that you'd like to say in closing before we go? Yeah. One just more thing about the book is that this is not a long book. You can read it in a couple of hours. Um, The chapters are very, very short, like three pages or four maybe. So yeah, it's intended to be very digestible in little chunks um, so I think anybody who picks it up will really enjoy it. At least that's that's my hope and that's my prayer. All right. Well, as I mentioned before, you can get the show notes to this episode by going to joshuarivers.net slash 015. And I'm definitely excited to be able to share this book. Go ahead and jump over to the show notes. You can get the link to the 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 links to be able to get the book. And so definitely would love to be able to share that. So especially this week, if you can help him, help him out uh, by... Uh, getting the book that'll help his rankings and all that kind of stuff um, in in Amazon. Uh, But it would definitely help you out as well. And definitely take the time to jump into each one of them. Um, As he mentioned that you could be able to uh, maybe just take each idea every day and maybe kind of explore how you can be able to use that. Um, However you think would be best fitting for you, or you can just kind of pick and choose, kind of look through the topics and so very good resource for sure. So again, show notes at joshuarivers.net slash 015. And so if you haven't yet, I would love a rating and review in iTunes. You can also do that in Stitcher. And so that helps the show to become more visible. If you happen to leave a rating and review on iTunes, I'll share that on the podcast in the future. And so I would definitely love to be able to do that. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact me through the webpage, and I would uh, love to be able to hear from you. And until next time, I hope you have a great day, great week, and I will see you next episode. God bless. <laughs>